0: And then, I wanted to do this. I forgot to do this. So, Sadie. So anyway, Sadie was at her sweet 16th birthday yesterday. So I wanted to sing happy birthday to her, if that's all right. Get up here. So you can. everyone can see you. This is Sadie. Doesn't, doesn't she do a great job on our worship team? And our worship team, they do great. Uh, All right, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Sadie, happy birthday to you. Yay. You only turned 16 once. All right, well, without further ado, from the great land of West Valley, we have our lead pastor pastor rich is going to speak to us today so if you'll give him a warm hand as he comes up
1: thank you sir well hello everybody how are y'all It is so good to see each one of you, and it really is a privilege to come out here. Um, I just uh, posted a little bit ago, I posted a a time-lapse of my drive from West Valley over to here, and I said I'm I'm here visiting our our extended family on the other side of the mountain, and uh, just so, so glad to be here. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Forrest and Allison, I think who's downstairs. Uh, Aren't they doing a fantastic job? So appreciate their leadership. And uh, it really is um, really is awesome to see what God is doing uh, out here in the Twilla Valley. Now, one of the things I know over uh, throughout October, we were giving you a, a bit of the vision and values of Life Church Utah, and our, our main statement, the thing that just kind of drives us, is that God has called us to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. And if that is the case, what does it mean for us to be more like Jesus? Because if we're going to lead people to be like Jesus, we have to be like uh, Jesus ourselves. And uh, in that, there really are three key parts of that. And that is that we have a biblical foundation, uh, that we preach from the Bible, that we look to the Bible only uh, for our uh, inspiration, for our hope, and for our strength. Uh, The other part of that is that we intentionally love others. That it's not happenstance, it's not accident, that we choose to love other people, and it shows up. Uh, I know at Thanksgiving we gave out, I don't know exactly how many, so the 25 uh, boxes uh, for Thanksgiving meals right from here. We gave out so many backpacks uh, earlier this summer, um, and uh, I just, I love the heart that God is expressing through you into the Tooele Valley. And then the, uh, the third one of those is radical generosity, which ties right back into that, that we are a radically generous body. And uh, we want to see God do great things uh, in and through you, and He is. And we're praying and believing that God will continue uh, to do that here in Tooele. You know, one of my visions that uh, that I've got for all of Life Church, so it'd be Life Church Tooele, Life Church our West Valley campus, and then Life Church uh, in Espanol, Life Church Espanol, um, is that uh, all of the population centers. Uh, in Utah, are all based in the valleys, right? You got Cache Valley and Utah Valley, Salt Lake Valley, Tula Valley. What if one? Of, I mean, there, there's so like all the valleys. Like I don't know all the valley names. You got what's the one way up, way up north? There's like one way up north. I can't think of it. But anyway, so that's where all of the population centers are. And so that vision, right, that we have that God would, um, that, that the Lord would uh, use us because He's called us to lead the people of the valley that I believe that God one day is going to be planting a life church in every valley in Utah. That's really what I would love to see happen. And uh, Life Church Tooele really represents kind of that, that new birth, uh, new focus, new vision uh, for it. And so thank you. For uh, for your attendance, thank you for being a part of it. And those who are online right now, just listening, not able to see us right now, uh, thank you for joining uh, each and every week uh, like you do. So thank you uh, so much. So Life Church Swell, you're doing a fantastic job, and so excited for that. And I'm so glad you're doing a uh, a uh, Christmas Eve service. That will be a lot of fun. And who's gonna win the uh, ugly ugly sweater contest? That's what I want to know. Oh, uh, everybody's already pointing to Tiffany. Oh, that is. Uh, that is great. Sorry, everybody else who thinks you're gonna win, but Tiffany's already pre-chosen to uh to win here today. So oh, that's fantastic. So we're currently in our series, God with us. And uh this idea of God with us, I really hope uh in this season that we've been walking through, you recognize just how powerful this is. God with us. In um Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says this, and this is uh, kind of that, the beginning start of the story of Christmas uh, that we have, that we, so, that we celebrate in the season. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus' name, he'll be called Emmanuel. Now, he's called Jesus, right? That's what we, <laughs> we call him. And so the reason why this passage is in here is because it's actually referring to to another passage way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah. And this was a season in Isaiah um, where things were in upheaval, topsy-turvy, things were messed up culturally, things were messed up in society. Does that sound like us today? How many of you think that our society and the world is messed up right now? (laughs) Right? Okay, we feel it, right, very, very deeply. And so into that season, back when Isaiah was prophesying, and Isaiah was the, the prophet for the nation of Israel, uh, what he did was he brought hope through this prophetic utterance that God had revealed to him and uh, revealed that to Isaiah, or revealed to Isaiah, that a son would be born and his name would be Emmanuel. And this would be a sign for the nation of Israel that God was about to do something dramatic, God was about to do something miraculous. And uh, I think for us, we're now on week 39. Uh, of the craziness. It started on uh, March 16th is when everything kind of got shut down. Uh, but we're on week 39 now, which sounds very much like uh, almost a full-term pregnancy, right? <laughs> so we believe God is up to something around us uh, when we look, at, uh, we look at the world uh, as, it's, uh, as it's going. So uh, let's see here. Um, so what's in a name? What, what's so special about this name, Emmanuel? Do you guys know the meanings of, of your names? Have you ever looked that up before? Uh, like, uh, so the name Richard, that's, that's my, because I go by Rich. I, went by, I started going by Rich uh, when, when I became a pastor because Pastor Richard just seemed like such a mouthful and thought I would just shrink that down to Pastor Rich. So I was known for as Richard all the way up through college uh, until I became a pastor. And so, so Pastor Rich, so the, the name Richard means like powerful. Very excited about that. <laughs> and Arthur, my middle name is Arthur, and that means like ruler. So powerful ruler. Something about that. I'm not sure what forest means other than a bunch of trees. I'm not real sure, so that's probably what what it means. (laughs) Somebody looked around. I'm going to name my son forest. There's a lot of trees around here. Um, (laughs) You never know. Uh, So my my son, his name is is Jason. I'm sorry, his name is Jace. And there's no meaning for the word Jace because it's kind of a made-up name. Um, and uh, But, you know, we can take it as short for Jason, which means blessed. And so I'd like to think my son is blessed, right? And then his middle name is Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, which means one who tiles. <laughs> so... Not very exciting either, but, uh, but it really it, it, it can be expanded to be industrious one, right? So, so in the industrious one, and that's kind of in those crafts and all that things. Uh, so the blessed industrious one, that's, that's my son, right? And so we get to Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so I think what would be good today is for us to go through and figure out what this name God with us means. And uh, really, um, well, uh, in a recent poll... A thousand participants were asked, "If you had the opportunity to speak with any famous historical figure for 15 minutes, who would it be? Who would it be? Think about that for a moment. If you could speak with anybody, who would it be?" Seventy-five percent chose Jesus Christ above everyone else. That's you know, in our world today, that that gives me at least a little bit of hope, right? Um, and uh, the the reason for that,, well, the human heart longs to connect with God. Now, many of those folks who are polled don't realize, as we do and believe that Jesus is God, right? I mean, we, we believe uh, we believe that to the core that He is, you know, God incarnate. And so God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, hard to fully grasp and understand the Trinity, but this is what we believe. And uh, even for those who don't believe that Jesus is God, there's something about Jesus. There's something about this God with us. Uh, around the same time, they uh, they asked the same question of media personalities. Seventy five percent of them said they would also like to talk to Jesus. Pretty interesting. There's something about Jesus, something about him that is so intriguing to us. So it shouldn't come as any surprise to us who wouldn't want to meet and talk face-to-face with God. I know, I know that I would. I mean, there's, a, there's a, a side of me that I'd be very interested in talking to, you know, Galileo, just because it's part of a, part of a song by Queen. But anyway... Um, Galileo, 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 Figaro, Figaro. (laughs) It seems that we as a people have been trying to connect with God for a very, very long time. If you look through the history of the world, uh, you know there's a connection that happens through idolatry. There's a connection that happens. You know, people look to the mountains and you know create uh, places to worship on top of mountains and trying to get close to God. And I love the fact that when we look at Emmanuel. It's God coming down to us because he wants to be with us. He wants to get close to us. Uh, there's actually, this is not in my notes here, so I'm going way off my notes. Uh, there's, this, uh, there's this one part in, uh, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, where uh, it says that, that God comes down, basically, to find out if it's as bad as what, as what he is hearing from all the prayers of God's people. He's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. He's like, I'm just coming down to make sure (laughs) that it's as bad as it sounds. So God himself comes down. And I believe that this, you know, God with us is in a response to the cry that we have of of desperation in our hearts, even more so right now. (laughs) We need God with us more than ever before. Uh, So John chapter 1, verse 14 says this. And this, so this is John's version of, of how he's dealing with God with us as part of uh, the birth of Christ. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That word dwelling there, by the way, is, is, can actually be translated, he tabernacled. This is a word we don't use. How many of you have ever ever used the word tabernacled, right? None of us use that word. But that idea goes back to the Old Testament when God dwelled among his people in the tabernacle in the desert. So this is what John is directly referring to is kind of this sense that God is among his people. So God, uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Living Bible puts it this way, And Christ became a human being and lived here on earth among us and was full of loving forgiveness and truth. And some of us have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son of the Heavenly Father. So back to the words of the prophet Isaiah. Um, Isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then uh, Matthew refers back to this and translates it, God with us. So these three short words, God with us, we're going to take a look at today. And and uh, so trying to describe uh, each one of these. So the first one is God. So I'm going to give to you in the next few minutes what all of this means, what God means. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm going to fully describe God to you in the next four minutes, so not going to happen. So this name was given to this baby born in a manger. It seems crazy to me that God would choose to reveal himself as a completely helpless baby. God Completely reliant upon humans. Right? I mean, th- think about that just for a moment. That's how God chose to reveal himself. I would love, would have loved for him to reveal himself like in total power and authority and glory. And that's the first time, you know, boom, he just kind of shows up and all the radiant stuff that's shining out of him like uh, Monty Python search for the Holy Grail, kind of the weirdness, right? Um, That God reveals himself in all of his power and glory, but he reveals himself as a completely helpless baby. That's nuts. Why would God do this? Because I think it reveals a bit of his character. Reveals a bit of who he is. God is a trusting God. You ever thought about that before? God trusts you to represent him. How do you represent God? Think about it. (laughs) When you leave from this parking lot... Do you get angry in the parking lot already from one of you that's like pulls out in front of the other? <laughs> Brrr, I love you. I'm angry at you now, right? So how do you represent God? Because God trusts us to represent him. Um we need people around us. We we need people to to represent God to us at times. Uh, back a number of years ago, 1998, my um, uh, my father had committed suicide, and I uh, uh, was down in Fillmore, Utah. He was on a business trip and uh, took his own life uh, with a uh, with a long rifle, and I mean, just uh, just totally unexpected. Did not know my my dad had uh, attempted many 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 years ago, um, and I had actually uh, helped stop that situation. It was also with a uh, with a uh, with a gun, and. Um, you know, when I when I got that phone call, there was, you know, heartbroken. There were all of those things going on. What was my, my first reaction was, I need to be with people. I, I need to be with people. If I'm alone right now, <laughs> this is not gonna be good. I know me. Um, and so uh, hopped on a plane very quickly and flew out here to Salt Lake. And um, so that was on a Saturday, so Sunday morning, find myself at Capitol. Uh, Capital Church. Uh, at that time, Doug Ose was the, uh, was the lead pastor. Um, in reality, uh, the, uh, the pastor who's there now, uh, uh, Troy, was there at that point as well as just one of the other pastors. Um, but I, I walked in to the church totally broken. It was a small congregation at the time, totally broken, not knowing what to... I'm a pastor at the time, and you know pastors were supposed to know what to do all the time and how to be spiritually strong in every moment. Uh, I was not I was at the end. And so walk in, walk up to uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Doug Ose, and uh, I said, I said, Doug, I said, man, this is, I'm in a position where I am broken. My, my father committed suicide, explained kind of the situation to him. And uh, before the service starts, and, and you know what it's like, I mean, if you've been here a few minutes before service starts, there's usually kind of uh, jumbling going on, getting ready for the moment when everything kicks off. And Doug stopped everything pulled his team together and prayed over me at the front of the uh, front of the church. And in that moment, there's that that just sense that God is there. Right. When you're at the end and you say, God, I so desperately need you. And I know there's some who are walking through. I was talking to a family right before uh, service. Walking through that moment, you're going, God, I, I can't grasp this. I can't figure out how to move forward from this moment. And God says, it's okay, I've, I've got you. I've got you because I am the God with you, the God with us. Um, it's great when our family and friends can gather around us and we're in those moments of, uh, of hurt. Uh, a number of years, so I got married in 1992, and we had done our internship in uh, Greeley, Colorado. And uh, we had re- received a, a wonderful love offering. We're very, very excited about the love offering we'd received. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, it was the most money I've ever held in my hand at one time. I'm like, yes. You know? And uh, so we came out here to Salt Lake City, grabbed some stuff um, from, my, from my parents who were divorced at the time, um, grabbed some stuff from two different households. It was a very, very odd kind of moment there, going from one home to the next and trying to figure out, okay, can I have this? Can I have this? Okay. And so we grabbed some things, and then we make our way. We had a, we had a uh, what was it, a 1986 Pontiac 6000 LE. It was the LE version, so beautiful car. It was great. Whatever. And uh, so we put a hitch on it. Not supposed to do that. Put a hitch on it. Surprise! You all let us do this. Put a hitch on it, and then we dragged the five uh, and one of the uh, five by eight trailers all the way across from here to Missouri. Okay, that was very exciting. Broke the car down a couple of times on the way there. Snapped an axle. It Was beautiful. So all the money that we had <laughs> from that moment, you know, from the uh, from the internship, uh, was now gone. Right, and so we are on our way. We are in the middle of Wyoming. Driven on I eighty before. I know you have. Middle of Wyoming. It's in. Thankfully, it's in the summer, so we weren't worried about road getting shut down from uh, winter. Uh, So we're we're driving out there, and we realize we are going to run out of gas because we're pulling that huge trailer, and you know, and it's you know whatever, and so we're going to run out of gas. So we we pull, and there is not. We were east. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were east of like Rawlings before you get to Cheyenne, and there's nothing. I mean, there is nothing out there. And this is uh, you know 1992. There's even less than nothing out there at that point. I mean, it was terrible. So we get out there and we see a gas station up ahead. We're like, "Yes, thank you, Jesus," and all that. So pull up, and it's like shut down. It's been shut down for years. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> you know. So we're like, "Okay, what's going to happen?" I'm so glad that my wife was with me in that moment, right? And so uh, we pray and we say, "God, we're do- we can't go anywhere at this point. So Lord, we need a miracle because we know you're with us, right? God, you're with us." And so we pray. Not too long after that, another vehicle pulls up behind us. I'm like, cool. They're trying to get gas too. Ha. Huh. And uh, so they pull up, and yes, they're trying to look for gas. And, you know, and so we're like, oh, really bummer. <laughs> sorry. And we're just we stuck here together. And it was like an RV, you know, whatever. And so they're desperately looking for gas. Uh, then another vehicle pulls up, and uh, we're like, oh, sorry, the gas station closed. They're like, we're not looking for gas, we're looking for oil. And I said, I've got oil. Let's make a deal. Because <laughs> I didn't have a gas can, but the RV had a gas can that was full. They had like, like four gallons in it or three gallons, something like that. The next town, whatever it was, we're like, there's got to be. Whatever. So we fill up my car with gas. They give me two other empty gas cans. Um, you know, put the three gallons in. So we take off. We drop the trailer. We take off, and we, we drive to the next town, fill up those cans, and then we come back. By the time we get back, now there's like six cars that are looking for gas. And so we ration these, these 10 gallons of gas between all these cars, trying to get people to the next thing. There was a really, a really cool moment, though, because in that, in that moment – Uh, That we had prayed and said, God, use us somehow. We're not real sure how this is going to happen. Please, God, rescue us. God rescued us in abundance, right? And we were able, and we told people we were praying for an answer. And so God got the glory. Now, you say people had revival on the side of the road? No, that didn't happen. Okay. People weren't, you know, slaying the Spirit and lifting their hands up. None of that was going on. But we were excited to see that God was at work. So this is the God in God with us. In the, uh, um, in, this is what the Christmas story is telling us is that this God who has a plan for our lives, this God who wants to be close to us, that this God that he is with us, it's not a useless philosophy, it's not a dead religion, it's not a, not a self-help book, but this is God himself, no one else, nothing less. This is who Jesus is. He is God walking. He is, he is God alongside of us. He wants to be our closest friend. He wants to be a part of every decision that we make. He, he wants uh, to, to be a part of our marriages. He wants to be a part of our friendships. He wants to be a part of our education in high school or junior high or elementary school or college. God wants to be among us at work. God is the God who wants to be with us. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Are you carrying burdens? (laughs) Some of them are emotional. Some of them are mental. Uh, uh, In the season, I think those who struggle with mental health, these last 38, 39 weeks have been incredibly difficult because all of the uh, all of the accountability, all of the structures you put in place to help you have strong mental health, that's all been removed. And we know, I mean, we feel it certainly in the Salt Lake Valley. I'm assuming over here in Tooele Valley it's the same. We feel that extra pressure when those things are taken away. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is God's invitation for us to fellowship with him. All you have to do is accept that invitation that he gives. So the second part is uh, this idea of with. So God with many poli- uh, many people believe that God is a God who is out there somewhere. That He is uh, beyond. Um, oh, I'm just thinking of a song that fifel sung on on uh, um, one of the American. I can't remember the words right now, but anyways, that's what popped into my head. <laughs> out there, so whatever. Um, So they see God as impersonal, they see God as distant, they see God as uncaring, they see God as uh, unwilling at times. But the name that the virgin would give to her son tells us a different story, the story of a God who wanted to be close. Close. Matthew chapter 28, at the end of Jesus' ministry, uh, he says this. He says, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, I like to read. Uh, I look on, I mean, I, you know, I'm on Facebook once in a while. I'm not on it a whole lot. Um, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> not in the last uh, six months, it's just been too much. Uh, but uh, there is a lot uh, on Facebook, a lot on the web, I mean, right now about the end of the world, right? And prophetic utterances and things like looking for, you know, like, it's going to end. We know it, depending on who's president. It's going to end, right? Regardless of which side you fall on, it's going to end, right? There you have that narrative on, on either side. Um, Jesus says, I'm going to be with you till the very end, can I give can you know, in a, a little secret about the end of the world? It doesn't matter when it is, right? I mean, it genuinely doesn't matter when it is. We, we don't need to, in, in uh, apologies for those for whom this is like a core value, and, and I've not, you can talk to me afterwards. You're very angry at me in the next few minutes. That's totally fine. Um, but, you know, when we, we, we hoard food and we hoard all of these things because the end of the world is coming, we're hoarding it for other people. Right, Because if we truly believe that the end of the world is coming and we believe in in the theology that we believe in uh, of the rapture, you're storing up food for other people. So why not use it to the glory of God now to be a blessing to the world around us? all right it's not to be bad stewards right i mean we still need to be stewards we need to have savings we need so i'm not saying anything about that but i'm saying if you have you know 16 months of food set up the all sea rations and it takes a little bit of water to you know what, okay whatever you know what i'm talking about if you've got that understand that if things get bad you better be willing to share that didn't god call, but anyway it's totally off the subject i don't know why i got down that road there i apologize hebrews 13:5 god said i will never fail you i will never forsake you Jesus uses those words as well. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. This is the God who is with. Uh, He never quits caring, loving, or preparing us for eternity. If Jesus is your personal Savior, you will not face life alone. You won't. The pastor, you don't know my circumstances. I am alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I mean, and I get that. I understand. And I've been through those lonely periods of time when even though I'm with people, I am alone. We feel that, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Those times when we feel desperately alone and isolated. Remember, God is as close as you will allow him to be. I don't think God pushes himself upon us. I don't think that God forces himself upon us. God is waiting for us to say, okay, God, I'm I'm done fighting against you. <laughs> God, I, I'm, I'm done, uh, done trying to do this on my own. I'm, I'm done trying to separate myself from you, God. I need you to be with me. So the degree of his uh, withness is up to you. And this is the Christmas message. He will be with you if you want him to be. Remember back uh, last week, I don't know exactly where Forrest went with last week's message, but one of the big parts of, of, um, of the story of Mary... Uh, and and God giving this promise to her through uh, Gabriel was her willingness to say yes, right? Her willingness to say, yes, God, I want to partner with you. Yes, God, I want to be part of what your solution is because this world is messed up, right? So it's kind of like this. I've got my my, uh, stepdad passed away. Actually, when I was here last, which was September 6th, uh, my stepdad passed away later on, that, uh, later on that week. He'd been in the hospital, kind of a long-term uh, illness that had, that had really begun to, uh, to rack his body over the last three or four years. And uh, uh, so we went up there um, that weekend and uh, stayed up there for about a week helping my mom out. And uh, my stepdad had picked up carving. And had uh, done some beautiful carving work and had a lathe and, and uh, you know, would make bowls and all these other really cool things. Um, but he started doing some hand carving, and he's got some really cool figures that he had done. And uh, so I went out to the kind of the workshop area, and he had this, this piece of work. Let me see if I can turn it around. It's a piece of work that uh, was unfinished uh, at the time, obviously. Um, oh, there goes the water. Um, so he had this piece, piece of work, and this is, for me, such a beautiful picture of where we are right now. And you might say, why? It's, it's unfinished. Yes. <laughs> How many of you are a finished work? Right? Everybody laughs. <laughs> oh, wives, look at husbands. You are definitely not a finished work. <laughs> all right. So we are all in this condition. We are unfinished. Uh, now, my uh, my stepdad, I don't know If you can see, there's like a mark here, and you can see some of his, his hand as he's marked out where he's going to be carving next. I really believe that this is the withness of God in our lives, is that we put ourselves in a position of really this block of wood, right? And we say, okay, God, do do with me, shape me, make me what you would like me to be. Lord, I know I'm unfinished. Sometimes it hurts when God works on us, and that's where that invitation where we say, God, we want your withness, <laughs> with us. And so Lord, work on me. I love uh, David in uh, the Psalms. He's always, not always, but a number of times he says, you know, Lord, search me, examine my heart, look in in the inmost part of who I am and see if within me there's any wicked way. That's that withness. So God comes down in the form of a baby, completely helpless, totally under the care of potentially a 13-year-old mom. Right, thirteen years old potentially. Um, and God says, I'm gonna be with you. Mary, I'm gonna be with you. Joseph, I'm gonna be with you. Yeah, you're all unfinished. <laughs> I'm still working on you all, but I'm going to be with you. And uh it's okay for God to work on you. Uh, there's a lot that God still has to knock off of my life, and it's so funny. I uh I enjoy some self-discovery from time to time and just kind of working out and you know, working through personalities and all these things, and I realize uh, I've kept a journal uh, since, uh, let's see, I was 18 years old. Uh, April 3rd, 1988 is when I started keeping a journal. And uh, so many, you know, now years and years and years. And I look back at like 1990 when I started to be more introspective about my about my life. 1988, all I'm talking about is girls. I mean, honestly, that's an 18 year old guy. I'm like, whoa, a girl. Woohoo, I like her. Oh, no, I like her. I like her. Um. But as I got a little bit older, a little more mature, even as a 20-year-old, you know, I'm still looking at girls, but I was like, okay, I need to think more, uh, more about my own life. And started looking there, and there are things that God has unfinished in my life that have carried over from now, what is that, almost you know, 30, 35 years ago, 30-whatever years ago, God's still at work in my life. That hurts a little bit, right? When I'm going, God, can't I get over this? Whatever that is, my my tendency, like one of my tendencies, I pull away under stress. Anybody like that? Like when stress happens... I have a tendency to pull away and just kind of isolate and kind of put up those walls. And and that has been with me. Uh, I mean, I saw it in my dad. I kind of learned it from him, one of those learned traits. I kind of learned it from him. It's not a great habit (laughs) uh, to learn. But I'm like, okay, God, I need this dealt with in my life. And God says, I'm still working on you, still chopping these things away. I'm not like I used to be, but I haven't got it all figured out yet. And it's okay. It's okay. God is with us. Um, All right. And then the last, um, the last one that he says here is so God with, the last part of it is us. God is with us. Jeremiah 31.1 says this. I have loved you, my people. This is God speaking. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. This is that, that love of God which is unlike any other love. It's the love of God that is that, that perfect expression. Um, uh, Corinthians, a number of weeks ago, um, you know, uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not self seeking, it keeps no record of wrong, right? That's that love that we all strive for that God fully reveals in his Son who was given to us. Real quick aside about love, can I tell you a real quick story? I've always found it fascinating. I might have told you before. I don't know. I can't remember the stories that I tell. Um, but uh, years ago, I was counseling an o- an elderly couple. Okay, good. I haven't told you the story then because you would know immediately what I was talking about. So counseling this elderly couple, and th- they had come in needing some help, and this wife was like, I am so done with him. And I'm like, how long have you guys been married? And she's like, 60, like 62 years they've been married. She says, I was done with him about 50 years ago. And uh I'm like, wow, this is great. Good foundation. And so, in talking with her, I was like, okay, why don't you come in with your husband, and, and we'll sit down and talk. This is up in Minneapolis, and they live very close to the church where where uh, I was help, I was staff pastor at. And so she comes in, and I mean, this is a this is a beaten down guy. I mean, this is truly 50 years of being the beat the beat down has happened over and over and over again in this guy's life. Um, and he can do no right. I mean, it is just, it's a struggle. I mean, he is on the struggle bus. And, and I'm like, wow, kudos to you, dude, for <laughs> sticking this thing out. And um, so he's there and she's there. And at some point I said, I said, ma'am, it is, because she's like just picking at things, just, just constant. I'm like, it is like you have a, like you have kept a list of things that he has done wrong. I just, this is amazing. You can bring all these things up. She reaches into her purse. She pulls out. A notebook that is filled I'm, I'm serious, it's filled. Uh, you know on this day you didn't uh, you didn't do the dishes like I asked you to do. on this day you didn't close the door all the way because it it, it you know it, the wind blew it open. on this day you didn't shut the garage on this day. I mean, just thing after this day you ignored me when I asked you the question, and he was hard of hearing. I mean it's just like all of the I mean just over and over and over again. So I said, ma'am, do you want to love your husband? Yes, I do, and sir, do you want to want this marriage? He goes, yes, I do, and I'm like, okay. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do one step for you that's going to change your life. And I, I took the book from her after, because I, I was looking at it, and I threw it in the trash. And I said, unless you keep no record of wrong, there's no way you're going to love and, you know, all that stuff. And she was mad at me. And, and uh, so prayed together and felt like we had crossed that hurdle, and I'm, you know, taking him out to the door and, and all that stuff. And, and so she kind of, I'm, I'm kind of shooing him out, and she pushes past me. She goes to the trash can. She picks up that notebook, and she walks out with her husband. And I'm like, oh Lord, that is not the love that you want to have for her. Anyway, that's not in my notes. That was just totally separate. So, um, that's the guy. Kind of, we need we need love in our lives, right? We need to we need to follow First Corinthians 13. Um, so a lot of people think that God cares about the universe, He cares about the world at large, and all that stuff. But does God actually care about you as an individual? Does God actually care about you? You're all nodding your head, right? I mean, that's yes. We absolutely believe this with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength that God loves us. How many of you uh, are are perfect? Anyone? All right, good. <laughs> close. Tiffany's like, yeah, pretty close. Find out next week with your ugly sweater if uh, you're perfect or not. <laughs> um, God loves us. I think because we are unfinished. Because as soon as we think we've got it all together, it's very, very hard for God <laughs> to love someone whose heart has been made hard and unbroken. God loves taking the broken pieces of our lives, drawing all those back together to make something new and beautiful. Um, God is with us. And by extension, God is with me. He loves me personally. So put your name in there. God is with God's with Ray. God's with Lorelei. God's with Forest. God's with flow. God is with you. Sometimes we think it is a collective thing, but I need you to turn that on its head and realize that God is with you. No matter what you've done, no matter how, how unloving you think you are, no matter if, uh, honestly, I mean, there, there's in all of our lives, there are those those broken places that we have hidden, that we've kept them just kind of at arm's length from everybody around us. Even if you have been married for 60 plus years, right? There's little areas of your life. You're like, I just, uh, that's too dark of an area. God says, I am with you. Um, there's a, a pastor in Romania. His name is Gigi. And uh, back in 1992, uh, I think it was 1992, is when uh, communism kind of fell. I mean, it started in the 80s, but then uh, finally some of the Eastern Bloc nations, I think it was 1992, 1991, is, uh, I believe, when Romania finally fell and communism uh, was no longer the form of government there. And so a lot of people were looking at uh, leaving Romania at the first possible opportunity. They were locked in the country, couldn't leave. And so many of uh, Pastor Gigi, who was a pastor at that time in the, uh, in the early or late 80s, early 90s, and uh, so many people were leaving. A lot of his family like, we're going to get out of here. This place is dead. We're finished with this. And Pastor Gigi and his wife, they were packing their stuff up in order to leave. And uh, this whole idea popped into Gigi's heart when he said, God, you're with us. And Lord, if that means you are with us, it means you're with the people of Romania. How can I leave the people of Romania? And his heart broke for his own people, where before it was a frustration. He was a pastor under communism, very, very difficult. He's like, why am I leaving now when this, this field is wide open now? And so he and his wife chose uh, to live really a life of incredible struggle for the first 10 or 15 years that, that they, were, uh, they were there in Romania, staying there with a couple of their family members that had stayed behind as well. And all of these things for them to stay behind was based on this idea that God is with you. God is with you, Pastor Gigi. God, I got him with you, Pastor Gigi. So since that time, and they had a very small congregation that they were leading, since that time, and I've been there to see this myself a couple of times in Romania, um, since, since that time, and because they stuck with it, the church where they uh, kind of started, which is in Lugoj, is kind of their central area, is a church of hundreds of people. And they are reaching that right in the middle of the community is where that church is. They're reaching to the slums to the most... If you think of poverty here in America... Go the next level way, way, way down, and that's where that, this place is. And people that live on, you know, 50 bucks a year, I'm serious, 50 bucks a year they're living, the church is providing for them, and they planted about nine or 10 other churches in these villages where there's no gospel, going to gypsy communities where God is hated, right, and they are there in that community doing it all because I believe, right, Pastor Gigi said, God, you're with me, and I'm not going to leave. God, you're with me, I'm going to be committed because you love me, you're going to use me. Um, and that gives me an incredible amount of hope. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life right now, that core belief that God is with us, that gives us incredible strength. And so that statement, God is with us, we can say, really, period, (laughs) God is with us. It is a statement. It is a truth. It is a fact that God is with us. So the birth of Jesus made it possible for God to be with us. This is the very essence of Christmas, the fact that God came as a human being through his son, Jesus Christ, to be with us. I'm going to invite you to, uh, to bow your heads. I don't know if uh, I can get Sadie. Can you come on up here real quick and uh, play a little bit of uh, keyboard in the background? I'll have you sing that, that song we talked about. No, not really. I didn't talk to you about a song. No. I didn't talk to you about a song. Um, just have your bow. Actually, I'm going to have you stand to your feet. You guys have been sitting for a while, so go ahead and stand to your feet. And let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. And uh, God, it is our privilege uh, that we have the opportunity to be, um, to be in this place uh, with one another. And uh, Lord, ultimately, the greatest promise we have is that, God, you are with us. That in this Christmas season, Lord, when it seems that uh, isolation and, uh, uh, boy, a sense even of depression and hopelessness seems to permeate some of the fabric of our, of our culture and society, that, God, you are with us. And so there are those of you this morning, go ahead and keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Some of you here this morning, um, boy, you're struggling with that very idea that God is with you. And that first step is opening yourself up to God. Remember that the withness of God starts with our openness to him. And so if that's you this morning, you say, uh, you know, Pastor Rich, I just need to be more open to God than I have been. And maybe it's a first-time thing. Maybe you walked in. You're not a Christian. You're not following Jesus. But you recognize that you need him. Or maybe you are here this morning, and you realize through decisions that you've made, uh, through stuff that's going in your life, that you have in some ways pushed God away, and you've closed off the witness of God because of your decisions. And you'd say, Pastor Rich, I just I need God with me in a new way, I'm struggling. If that's you, can you lift your hand really quickly? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Father God, you see the hands that were raised. And Jesus, we stand in a moment, um, God, where uh, you are uh, walking with us and determining really what our futures are going to be. And God, in the decisions that we make in everyday life, Lord, I thank you that you allow us to be drawn close to you. And that, Father, for this couple that raised their hand and for others who did as well, Lord, that you would show yourself to be the God who is with them. That, God, you would show yourself to be the powerful, almighty. That, God, you would show yourself to be this this God who is able to meet every need abundantly more than we could imagine or think. And that, Lord, you would use moments like today to transform our futures. So, God, we just commit this to you. We commit our witness to you, God, and we choose you, Lord, just as you chose us. So, Father, in this Christmas season, help us to, to be reminded continually that you are with us, that, Jesus, every time we see a nativity, every time online when we, are, when we see just Christmas wishes and, and well-being, that, God, we would recognize that you are with us and God, also in the darkness of the season as well, God, help us to always remember that you are with us in seasons of upheaval, just like it was with Isaiah when that original prophecy came, uh, came through, that the virgin would conceive and bear a child and his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, in seasons of upheaval, I thank you that you make yourself more real than ever. So God, we love you, we praise you, give you all the glory. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here at Life Church Tooelea. I pray your blessing upon this congregation. Bring increase, Lord. Bring, bring your glory to settle down upon this place and bring the transformation of lives through the power of Jesus Christ and him alone. Lord, we love you this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, I think it'd be great right now. Man, I think if we just just rejoiced in that, I think it's a fa- fabulous word. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And for those who don't know, and that for, for you, that was unusual or different, right? When, when, you, have, when you have a moment like that, uh, let me just point you uh, really quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Uh, where it talks about the early church experiencing moments like that where God chooses to use somebody uh, to speak a word of encouragement to the church and so thank you very much for being uh, being open uh, to that and for using that using this moment to uh, for all of us to receive a blessing from the Lord so that's where that is first Corinthians 12: 13 14 take a look there all right God bless you guys thank you so much enjoy uh, this next week and uh, don't forget to wear your ugly sweater uh, next weekend it's gonna be beautiful and then Christmas Eve services 6:30 p.m on